You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. You see, God is the lifter up of your soul. God is the one who sees the value of your redeemed soul. And I realize that before Christ, I am nothing. I have nothing and I would never be anything. It's not so much the value of myself isolated in my sin, but it's the value of myself when I'm connected to my creator, to the redeemed blood of Jesus Christ. Have you ever had a hard time with your identity? Often we can get our identity wrapped up in what we do or how people refer to us. If our identity is found in something like our job, as soon as we stop working that job, then we have a problem. It was never an accurate representation of who we fully were. In today's message, Pastor Gary will be sharing about the importance of finding our identity in Christ. Apart from Christ, we were nothing. But in Christ, we are the righteousness of God and His children. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Psalms, chapter 72, as he begins his message, You're Special. Psalm chapter 72 and verse number... Let's start in verse number 11. The Bible said, Yea, all kings shall fall down before Him. Make no mistake, this is speaking of God. Specifically, I believe, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says of His kingdom there shall be no end. All kings shall fall down before Him. All nations shall serve Him. The one they've rejected, they will soon serve For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also in him that hath no helper. What a king. He shall spare the poor and needy, shall save the souls of the needy. Watch your Bible, verse 14. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence and precious shall their blood be in his sight. Today I've got an assignment to preach to you the subject, you're special. The devil would have you to believe that your life is disposable. That your existence does not matter. That you're just another number and that if you were gone, nobody would notice. That's what the devil would have you to believe. And if you're having those kinds of thoughts, you need to recognize where that's coming from. That's not coming from your creator. If you look at this verse that we just read, verse 14, it said, He shall redeem their soul from, what is the next word? Deceit. Do you remember what the devil did in the garden when he convinced Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit? Yea, hath God said, for he knoweth that in the day that you either of your eyes will be open. 
the devil deceived Eve into thinking that God was holding back his best and brightest secrets from her. That in fact, God was the sinner. And she needed to partake of the fruit to see what it was God was keeping from her. And ever since that day, the devil is trying to convince people everywhere that God is holding back from them. That God does not have your best interest at heart. That God does not love you, does not care for you, and has left you abandoned to your own devices. But my Bible teaches me that no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And my Bible teaches me in this verse we just read, he shall redeem their soul from deceit. The first thing that I got delivered from the day I was saved was the lie of the devil that God cared not for my soul and that I was destined and doomed for hell. You see, even as an 11-year-old boy, I struggled with such mental thoughts and I recognize now it was an attack of the devil. The devil will mess with your mind. But I thought that I had thought such impure thoughts that God would not even forgive me and that I was bound for hell and there was not a thing I could do about it. Could you imagine the turmoil that that would put an 11-year-old child under? The grief of soul and heart and mind. It was a miserable existence for me. But I'm glad for the day that on September the 9th of 1990 when I heard the voice of God for the first time. That morning, my Sunday school teacher was teaching on the subject of knowing that you are saved by the grace of God. And she emphatically emphasized the importance that you better know that you know that you know that you know that you're saved. Well, I didn't know. I was confused. I was tormented by these thoughts as I've already expressed. But on that day, she had us do a little project. We had a little we was making our own bookmarks to hold our places in our Bible. And she gave us little indexed, you know, uh, pieces of paper, the size of a bookmark, the thickness of maybe an index card. And she gave us stickers to put on our cards. And keep in mind, I had been sitting under her teaching for weeks and she was teaching on John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. She was teaching on Romans where it said for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And she was just pouring her soul over those scriptures and what it meant to be saved. And so the Holy Spirit had already uh, dumped a truckload of God's word into my heart and in my mind uh, as with which the Holy Ghost could work and bring me to conversion. So this morning, this, this particular morning, when she handed us those stickers to put on our bookmark, mine looked something like this. It was a prized ribbon, and it had the words on it, you're special. And you can believe what you want, but at that moment, the Holy Ghost opened my eyes to the love of God. And I recognized that God did love me and that God would save me. Hallelujah. (laughs) That morning, I realized that I was precious in the sight of God and that He would save even me. And that day I got my sin debt taken care of at the cross of Calvary. And I've never been the same since. And I have come to declare to you today that in the eyes of God, you are special in His sight. 
that he loves you. This word precious means valuable. It means causatively to make rare. It means to be prized. It also means to be appraised. Uh, you know what an appraisal is? An appraisal is that which you assess a value to. Oh, glory to God. The devil said I was worthless. The devil said I was hopeless. The devil said I was bound for hell. But God saw something that he could redeem with his blood. And he assessed a value to me that was worth him putting his own son's blood into as an investment to buy my wretched soul. And I think what Brother Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, just think of the value of a soul when both God and the devil are after it. And I'm telling you today that just as I heard the voice of God that day for myself, he speaks to all who come to him through faith and repentance that you are precious in the eyes of God. The word special can be defined as distinguished by some unusual quality. It also can be defined as that which is held in particular esteem. And the word precious uh, uh, can also be defined as highly esteemed or cherished. So we see here a connection between the word precious and the word special, which is the word esteemed. You see, God is the lifter up of your soul. God is the one who sees the value of your redeemed soul. And I realize that before Christ, I am nothing. I have nothing and I would never be anything. It's not so much the value of myself isolated in my sin, but it's the value of myself when I'm connected to my creator, to the redeemed blood of Jesus Christ. And I, I I'll tell you right now, once he buys you, you need to understand things pick up at your house. Amen. I want to say this. Number one, Christ's blood is my blood. Look at the verse again, verse 14. The last part says, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. You know, before Christ, my blood was polluted. Before Christ, my blood was tainted with sin. In fact, that's the condition of all of humanity. You are born and shapen in iniquity. And unless you are redeemed by the blood of Christ, you will die in polluted blood and spend a Christless eternity in an awful place called the lake of fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Somebody say amen. But I'm glad for the redeeming elements of the blood of Christ for the Bible said in first Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18 for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious there's that word precious again but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blood blemish and without spot. I'm glad to announce to you today that his blood is now my blood because the day I got saved, there was a spiritual blood transfusion that took place in my heart and life. And I am no longer in my own sin. I am wrapped up in the grace of God. I'm sheltered beneath the cross of Christ. And I am safe from the wrath to come because my blood's been made pure by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
I'm telling you, Christ's blood becomes your blood. That's why we use the phrase so often, plead the blood of Jesus over it. Amen. I'm telling you, when the devil comes up against you as the false accuser, you need only plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm he'll put you in his court and he'll try to find you guilty before God Almighty. But if you're under the blood of Christ, you have been declared innocent. You have been declared righteous. You've been declared redeemed. And the devil cannot hold a past against you that's been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. You're special because Christ's blood is your blood when you become saved by his grace. Not only is Christ's blood my blood, but number two, I want to say this, uh, I am bought with a price. Verse 14 said that he shall redeem their soul. I love that word redeem. Can I tell you about it? <laughs> Woo! The word redeem. According to the oriental law of kinship, is to be the next of kin and as such to buy back a relative's property or to marry his widow. Are you familiar with the phrase the kinsman redeemer? In the book of Ruth, let me read you a little history about this. If an Israelite got into debt either to one of his own countrymen or to a foreigner and so sold his property or even himself... This kinsman redeemer law allowed a close relative the right to buy back that which was sold, thereby redeeming it for the family. Now, in the story of Ruth, Boaz was one of Ruth's and Naomi's close relatives, a kinsman, if you will. One of the few people who could buy back or redeem their land and in so doing rescue Ruth and Naomi from the poverty that they faced. Amen. In the midst of Ruth's difficulties, in walked an unexpected hero, Mr. Boaz. Amen. Boaz, the kinsman redeemer, saw to it that Ruth returned home shouldering a bag heavy with barley, and in so doing, lightened the burden that she felt to provide. But that's not all that he did. He also invited her to share his food and water, to shelter in his protection, to partake in his harvest. He treated a foreigner like family, but he did more than that. Boaz bought back that which had been lost. He took the widowed Ruth as his wife. He accepted the role of the kinsman redeemer and I want to tell you what Jesus did in my life uh, whenever I was widowed that is whenever I was isolated and found in poverty without a spiritual father as my overseer Christ came to marry me I have become a part of the bride of Christ because he loved me with an everlasting love and now I'm a, a blood-bought born-again member of the body of Christ and the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. You know what he did? He bought back what the devil robbed from us. Amen. The devil left you destitute. The devil left you hungry. The devil left you broken and ruined. And by the way, that's what 
sin wants to do in your life. That's what the devil wants to do in your life is rob from you everything God ever meant that was good for you. And the Bible says that every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variable and neither shadow of turning. And I have learned that if there's anything good in my life, it's from God. And if there's anything destructive in my life, it's from Satan. Don't get those two wires crossed. Amen. The devil is a liar. And I'm glad that my kinsman redeemer came my way, bought me with his blood. And he didn't just assume all of my debts. He paid them in full and took full control over the entire estate and manages and owns it. And I can rest at ease and kick back and relax in the presence of God, knowing that the work of God is finished for Jesus cried on the cross of Calvary. It is finished. And the Bible says there is therefore a rest for the children of God. I no longer have to work hard to please God. I no longer have to work like a slave to hope that God will let my good outweigh my bad and get me into heaven. No, I'm redeemed. That means he owns me and I have every right to walk into the presence of God, not because of anything that I have done, but because I've been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus and he transferred all of his holiness and all of his righteousness and all of his wealth onto my account and I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with Jesus and today I am redeemed by the kinsman redeemer the Lord Jesus Christ Woo! hallelujah I'm telling you you are special you are special think of what he did to come after you Think of what he's doing today to arrest your soul, to save you from your own misery and your own defeat in sin. Oh, I'm bought with the price. First Corinthians chapter six and verse number 20 says, for ye are bought with a price. There it is right there in the Bible. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. It says again in chapter 7, same, same book, verse 23, you're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. You know why I can't answer to you? It's not that I won't answer to you, it's that I can't. I don't have permission to answer to you. You're not my owner. Amen. Uh, when I was working as an office manager for my previous employer, there were many quote-unquote executive decisions that I had to make in his absence based on assumptions of what I think that he would want done whenever he couldn't be there to make the call. On one particular occasion, one of his vendors called me and asked me to send him some money. This was early on when I was still learning the ropes. I made the mistake of breaking protocol and I learned later that there was a proper way for him to request money. It's called invoicing. Amen. I need that document. And I also need prior approval from the owner before I can write that check and send that off. Amen. And, and I learned that day the importance of knowing who it was that was in charge. And I remember my boss man made this state to me. You remember I pay you. They don't. Amen. And so you do this the way I tell you to do it. I don't care how much they hoop and holler and how much they say we owe them. You don't do a thing for them unless I give you prior approval. And so it is in the kingdom of God. 
People can hoop and holler and get mad and place demands and place unrealistic expectations, all kinds of traditions of men and baggage on you, trying to get you to conform to the likeness of their religious ideology. But who owns you? Who bought you? Who do you take your orders from? I don't take my orders from an earthly headquarters. I take my orders straight from the top, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's the way we ought to be in the, in the house of God. That's the way we ought to be in the family of God, to know who we are and whose we are. And I don't answer to nobody but the Word of God. Amen. He bought me. He's in charge. I have been asked to do things in ways over the years of ministry that were anti-biblical. And you might as well just label me non-compliant if you're talking about me and asking me to do things that are anti-biblical. But I'm in full compliance, so help me God with the leadership of the Holy Spirit as guided by the written Word of God. Amen. And if you have a problem with that, you have to take it up with Him. Because he gave me the orders. You didn't. Can I get an amen, church? That's right. And that's why churches are caving under pressure in society over all of these hot topic issues because they don't have enough backbone to remind the world and the devil whose kingdom they are of and who it is that bought them and who uh, caused the shots. Amen. I cannot rewrite this Bible to spare hurting your feelings. I've got to declare it and proclaim it and live by it and if need be, die by it. But the Word of God cannot be compromised. Because I'm bought. I don't even own myself. I am a servant of God, not a servant of men, and so are you if you are a child of God. All right, so not only has Christ's blood become my blood, not only, amen, not only is, uh, am I bought with the price, but number three and lastly, I want to say this, Christ's bounty is my bounty. Woo, Glory. Psalm chapter 72 and verse 15 uh, also said, He shall live and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Glory to God. That talks of royalty. That talks of wealth beyond compare. You want to know who the wealthiest person in existence is? His name's Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the wealthiest. Amen. That's exactly right. You know what's so precious about him? He doesn't use his wealth as power to step on the needy and the hopeless and to try to, he don't need, there is no competition. He doesn't have to do power grabs to stay at the top. He's always at the top. He evermore shall be at the top and nobody can pull him down from his throne. You can't, you didn't hire him. You can't fire him. Amen. You can't get rid of him. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. So what he does with his power and his wealth and his influence is goes to the lowly and lifts up the broken and the feeble and those are the cast down those who are ejected and scorned by men uh, and this king uh, amen who has every right to keep his distance from the commoners became a commoner and walked a mile in our shoes what a king we have today lift up your heads ye after everlasting gates uh, and the king of glory shall come in you want to know how to get God to show up on the scene you start lifting him up uh, you start bragging on his name and talk about how high and lifted up he is 
is it won't be long and he'll walk right up into the midst of your situation and say I believe I like that so much I'll take care of that problem for you today and if you brag on me a little more we'll do a little more whipping on the devil can I get an amen church that's exactly right Christ's bounty then becomes my bounty you want Bible Romans chapter 8 Verse 16, the Bible said, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children then heirs. You know what an heir does, don't you? An heir receives the inheritance. It says, Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.